0: Palmerbet on the edge of the box. Oh, it's a straight up screamer. Download our app today and enjoy straight up screamers this FIFA World Cup with great odds, great promos, and same game multi at Palmerbet. Gamble responsibly. For gamblers' help, call 1 800 858 858. Paul Wade, though, former Socceroos captain, is on the line. It's a very good afternoon. Wadey, how are you, mate? Christopher, how rude is that? You must be shocked, <laughs> treated with such contempt. I know, it's the tail wagging the dog here. Right. Anyway, he's a, great, he's a great fella, Harry. Um, he's one of our re- regular listeners out there. He's in a nursing home at Belmore, so uh, maybe they've put oh, him God on hold. Yeah, God bless him. So yeah. We'll talk to him actually um, in a moment after we, we finish with you, and he wants to talk about some leadership issues from... Years gone by. Uh, Let's start with the Socceroos. I mean, we know it was a disappointing week for them. Um, The coach is under increasing pressure. Just take us through. I'll ask you. I will ask you the question at some point, Paul, will they make the World Cup? But if you can, just take us through the process now for them to qualify. Right. Right. Just say
1: they don't beat Japan and Saudi Arabia and we finish third. There are two groups of six. So the third in the one group, which is us, Australia, will play third in the other group. Now, at the moment, it looks like it's the United Arab Emirates. Mm. So it's a one-game, one-off game, one off game uh, and that's it. In, somewhere in the Middle East, mm. if we win that we played the fifth best team in South America in Qatar, one game only. Right. <laughs> so, do you remember all those uh, yeah. the games against Scotland and Argentina and Iran and the ones we lost by a goal? And mm. wow, let's hope it's not as stressful as that game against Uruguay when we qualified for the first time, no. winning a penalty shootout. We don't need that, do we?
0: No, we don't. We don't. We don't. But... Uh... Oh, my goodness. But, however, am I right in saying, look, the, the you know, um, our fate is in our own hands. If we were to win these next two remaining qualifying games, are we guaranteed a, a direct entry?
1: If we beat Japan and Saudi Arabia, because our goal difference is yeah. sensational, really. We, uh, we've scored 15 and conceded six. Japan have scored nine and conceded three. So they are very, very tight at the back. They don't score as many goals. But with that advantage if we can beat both of them it's still in our hands yeah. but to try and beat Japan who might come here looking for a draw but then to go to Saudi Arabia top of the com- uh, top of the group and beat them over there that is a big ask honestly chris if we qualify from where we are right now mm. uh, yeah put a tax lotto ticket on
0: mm, absolutely um we- we're both desperate obviously you know i am i'm not a soccer um, rusted on soccer fan, rugby league's my go, but I obviously, and I've said many times before, I watch a bit of A-League, Sydney FC, I follow them. But when there's a World Cup on, I am glued to the set. Any Socceroos game, you've got me. And I reckon the same can be said, <laughs> the same can probably be said for a lot of other sports fans in this country, not even just sports fans, but when the Socceroos are playing at a World Cup, it's must-watch TV. Um Gee, it would be so disappointing for for the game as a whole and for the finances as well uh, if they don't get there.
1: Oh, the finances. There's big questions there, eh? All that money that the Socceroos will miss out on. With the uh, the Matildas not winning the Asian Cup, which were, we were expected to by ourselves and by everybody else, there's $1.4 million that has uh, just passed us by. So, yeah, it is so important that we keep the funds coming through because to qualify for a World Cup, not only have we had to travel all over the world, but we've had to pay for the players to uh, who have missed out on a whole lot of money. And they deserve to be paid playing for the Socceroos. But I totally agree. What is it about our national team when we play? I think if you're actually on the inner sanctum of football, a lot of people in this family, we judge our whole structure, our development on our Socceroos and Matilda's performances, mm. which is quite amazing. We go, Like, if we don't qualify, everyone will be standing up going, well, all the processes we have in place are not good enough. We have a skills acquisition program. It obviously doesn't work. It's really weird how people just play the blame game, and usually it's Football Australia that will cop it.
0: Mm. Uh, so uh, what am I reading into those comments, Paul? I, I I'm hearing from others, you know, around the game, very close to the game, and, and quite often you hear it, the game needs a restructure from grass to roots to the, to the top of the pyramid. Things are not right. Um, registrations are too expensive for our children. Pathway programs, uh, the right ones are not in place. And I don't know what to read into that because I'm not involved heavily enough in the sport. Do you think the sport as a whole in this country, does it need modifying the structures and, and the people in charge? It's a very interesting question, Chris. And honestly, it keeps haunting me,
1: throwing the baby out with the bathwater. Mm. And I, it just gets, all right, I must agree. When it comes to how we bring uh, under nines, which is where we start identifying them in a skills acquisition program, mm. If if they have to pay three grand for one season, mind you, everyone will say, yeah, but that's only $10 a session. Uh, Three grand is a lot of money if you haven't got it. You know, and there's a lot of kids who can't afford it and are brilliant footballers. So I think that's got to be fixed. We all agree on that. There are doubts as to whether that program is in line with, you know, providing those exceptional carefree footballers I don't think it is, but don't start changing it so much that there are no boundaries anymore. Once we do that, we'll go out there thinking we are Brazil and we'll get hammered. As a, as a country, we should be a little bit structured. We know the work ethic can come back because a lot of people are blaming that for the reasons we're not winning. Oh, we're not mm. mentally tough enough. There's no resilience there. You know, the debate will rage forever, but somebody will just say, yeah, it's all about the development of the kids. It's all gone wrong. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, I mean, when when the socceroos are in the shop window and I'm talking about eyeballs on them, you know, um, casual fans like myself and all the Matildas are, I guess that's all we see is the the top of the tree. I've got a couple of of kids that sort of, uh, well, a few, I've got three kids actually, but uh, they play rugby league mostly, but have also played a bit of soccer as well. And I've got to say, in terms of registrations and that sort of stuff, um, the soccer is a lot more expensive. (laughs)
1: <laughs> it is. Mm. You're right. I don't know why to tell you the truth. Although, you know, I will put this to you. When the NRL and the AFL, how many teams do they have to support? Mm. See, in those two codes of football, the money comes down. Do you know what I mean? The, yeah. the NRL get their you know, television rights and the money eventually comes down. With the Socceroos and Matildas, with football in general, yeah. the money has to come from grassroots going up to pay for that. Yeah. And that is a very difficult thing. I don't know. We've got over 10 national teams. We've got Ollie Roos, Socceroos, Matildas, yeah. young Matildas. We, you know what I mean? It's, yeah. it's, a, it's not as easy as to say, oh, it's way too much, full stop. No, no. we've got reasons why it costs.
0: Yeah, well, and you need the you need the soccer and Matilda's doing well. You need the broadcast revenue, and you hope that sort of more of that will trickle down to the grassroots and help um, help pay for some of those registrations, etc. Which brings me back to the other point I mentioned: how how costly for the bottom line for, for Football Australia if they fail to make the World Cup. <laughs> and I don't <laughs> know if you could a put a figure. Of- I don't know if you can put a figure on it, Paul.
1: No, no, we can't. But you know what? I will reference the Matildas uh, going into the Asian Cup. Top-ranked team. You know, supposed to win it. Made every semi-final mm. uh, that they've played in. We haven't been there. Won it in 2010. There were so many positives. We didn't win it. There's $1.4 million, as I said. That money goes to paying for camps to bring the girls in to a camp two weeks to prepare them. Now... Without that $1.4 million, the FA have got to go now and find it somewhere else because we've got the World Cup shared with New Zealand next year and the preparation of our Matildas in whatever way uh, Tony Gustafsson wants has got to be paid for. It doesn't seem like a lot of money, 1.4, but if you haven't got it, it is.
0: Mm. Um, Just... um yeah, I mean, disappointing for the Matildas. Uh, Soccer's coach Graham Arnold, uh, what sort of pressure do you think he is under and uh, do you think it's justifiable? I remember a
1: Brazilian coach said to uh, a journalist one day, he goes, you can be the most skillful team in the world, you can juggle a ball a million times, you can score lots of goals and you'll concede lots of goals, but the, the key to success is handling that pressure of expectation. Do you know what I mean? When Mm. when the crowd, when the media, when the coaches Mm. in the structure demand you to make that uh, transition to the World Cup, it's dealing with that pressure. Graham Arnold has been around a long, long time. He knows, just like Ange Postacoglu, and the crap that he had to put up with, Mm. Graham Arnold's been around as a footballer, as a coach, successful with Sydney FC, uh, to realise that, you know what? I'm going to get sacked anyway, Mm. whether I qualify. And this is me talking. This is not facts. He goes in with that attitude that, you know what? My players and me are going to give absolutely everything. We're going to sacrifice our families and Mm. wages or whatever to get there. But if I don't, it's not the end of the world. And don't worry about what they're writing in the newspapers. As a journalist, you're writing an article to sell a newspaper so to speak, you know, I'm going back Mm. in time when it was um, dollars and cents. But that's why they're there to sell newspapers. Graham Arnold is there purely to coach a team. Don't worry about all the crap they're going to write and say. Mm. The reason commentators are commentators, Chris, Mm. is because they can't coach. (laughs) They have absolutely no idea how to fix problems. That's why it's such a cushy job Mm. being a commentator. You know, they don't make mistakes. It's all opinion. Well, let's see them put on a session with the Socceroos with only three days of the players together. Mm. Some of them have had COVID. Some of them are injured. Some of them are not playing well. Let's see them solve those problems. Mm. So, yeah, I know I'm passionate about it, but I'm a big supporter of all, all
0: coaches. Waity, hey, we know the... you're passionate about it, and that's that's, hey? that's exactly why you're on here talking to me right now. We, <laughs> we love we love your passion, and and I love the passion too of Graham Arnold, and he has. He's got he's got a number of points on the board. His track record, we, we know he's a good coach, but he is the sort of guy, isn't he, that I think can handle that pressure of expectation, Graham Arnold, and uh, just just sort of brush out the media um, side of things. And look what Ange's gone on to do. I mean, um, oh, great guns, isn't it?
1: Oh, it's brilliant. I, I said to somebody yesterday that. I remember when Anne, I think it was Oakley, he took over in the Victorian State League, for example, one of his first coaching jobs. Mm. And the first thing he said to the players in the dressing was, Right, rule number one, nobody can be fatter than me. (laughs) (laughs) It was such a simple thing. Well, he's developed, he's won absolutely everything, including the Asian Cup. He's gone to the World Cup. Uh, Anyone who was there at the MCG when the the uh, Melbourne victory played Liverpool in front of 95,000 people, it was only a friendly, but there's a lot of pressure uh, that comes with that. Ange Postacoglu has just believed in his philosophy. If he's got players who are not willing to work hard, he just gives them the flick. You, you and you. Didn't work hard enough, get out. And I thought, if you really believe in the way you want to play football, and he's done that with Celtic, he's gone, right, these are the players I want. Rule number one, I buy my own players. Mm. You don't tell me who I'm going to buy. I'm the boss. And, you know, look at him. Look what he's
0: doing now. Oh, a tough gig up there in Glasgow. And uh, I've spent a bit of time in Glasgow myself. So I know what an old firm game is like. So he's doing really, really well. Melbourne victory. Hey, uh, quite a resurgence, hasn't it been? And uh, well done to them taking out the F- FFA Cup.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Good on, Tony Popovich. It's almost like he goes everywhere he goes to yes. get success. I don't know what... Maybe you should write a book, or we should all go and watch training sessions. I know when I was commentating for uh, ABC when he first took over the Western Sydney Wanderers, um, I was co- I was commentating with Debbie Spillane and mm. you know Mike Cockrell and all these guys, and we got the team sheet and it was completely different to last week, there was no consistency, so maybe it's a matter of changing the teams around keeping players on edge, you don't guarantee you're playing next week but he's taken them from a wooden spooners, yeah. well, mind you the, the team wasn't playing in front of crowds because if they were, they might have been held to pay. but to do what he's done already, you think
0: how does he do it? Absolutely. Yeah, well, success does follow uh, Popovich. I think he, he obviously uh, can coach a bit as well. Paul Wade, thanks for joining us, mate. Always a pleasure. And uh, love, I love listening to uh, everything you've got to say. Good on you, Christopher. See ya. Bye. Great stuff. There he is he uh, Former soccer skipper, Paul Way, doing still some really good things for uh, football in this country. I think we better take a break. Um, we'll get you back across that uh, that snowboard action, too, from the Winter Olympics and get a, a track on how Tess Cody is going. Keep those text messages coming through. I will get through them, I promise. Um, and I'll try and get through a few after this break. 0457 736 736.
1: Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why Tire Power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 91 When making the double chicken deluxe at Macca's, we wanted to improve on the perfect combo of tender Aussie chicken with cheese, tomato and aioli. So, we doubled it. Chicken and Macca's together and loving it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Available after 10.30am for a limited time only.